2: Welcome back to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. It has been a while. Um, we have lots to talk about. Spring practice is almost finished. I believe they have four practices left, including the spring game, which is on April uh, 15th at 7 o'clock in uh, Memorial Stadium with a concert by Flostradamus afterwards uh, presented by the union board. Uh, the spring game is free for all. And so, uh, you know, come join the fun. I think the weather is supposed to be good, uh, but it is Indiana, and it could change. Uh, Right now, I believe that um, the high is 72. It'll get chilly as the sun goes down, but come out, enjoy a nice day, tailgate, and uh, see what Indiana uh, has to offer under new defensive coordinator Tom Allen and see which quarterback might uh, win that battle. Today, uh, we're joined, uh, we're bringing the duo back uh TJ TJ Inman is joining me TJ how are you
1: I'm doing great I'm very very happy to be back on the podcast after a uh, bit of a break for me so um I am uh definitely happy to be talking about football and spring ball a lot of good things uh a lot of good topics to discuss today
2: Yeah there's a lot of stuff to go going on that we've seen in the spring, um, we'll get into the spring game a little bit. Uh, we might actually do another podcast next week to do an actual pregame show. Uh, yeah. But TJ, some of the things that I've seen this spring, uh, the biggest thing is probably the quarterback battle. Uh, right now, it seems like it's between Danny Cameron, uh, Richard Lego, and Austin King. Has you know was counted out a couple weeks ago, and now is, has reaffirmed himself as. Uh, the third member of that quarterback battle, um, you know, I, I, I've seen practice a couple of times. Uh, you know, the, the big concern with with Legault, we'll start there, is does he know the playbook? Does he know the plays? And, and Wilson said that, you know, him and Austin King kind of don't know what's going on in between plays. And I think that's a, a function of just being thrown into the deep end so so quickly that, that his head is is spinning a little bit, but he has the physical tools. We've we've seen him make, make great throws in practice. You know, he has great arm strength. You see him throwing, you know, out routes from, from one side of the field to the other, which if you don't have great arm strength, you're not going to make that throw. That's a, you know, a 40 to 50 yard pass most of the time. So what's your take on the quarterback battle?
1: Yeah, I think it is definitely one of the more interesting things, obviously, um, you know, great analysis coming up here quarterback is an important position um so obviously it's going to have a big impact on the offense as far as who ends up winning i'd be quite surprised if richard does not end up as the starting quarterback but i'm also not that surprised that right now it is a legitimate battle um familiarity with the offense is a very big deal in indiana's offense because it's a timing based offense uh, when the routes begin for receivers. The quarterback has to make pretty quick reads. And it's an up-tempo offense. You don't have a lot of time in between plays to kind of gather yourself as a quarterback. So you, it kind of has to be an instinct thing where you don't have to think about, okay, what's this play? What am I supposed to be doing here? Who's doing what? You just have to know that. You have to know that information uh, you know, you have to have it down cold. And right now, Austin King and Richard Legault do not have that. Danny Cameron does. Um, and I think that that's kind of keeping Cameron in the picture for now. And I don't think that Cameron is kind of your typical walk-on. I do think that he has a bit more of a skill set than you would expect out of a walk-on. Uh, I think that he is a, a Division One caliber quarterback. Um, I, I do think that his skill set and his physical tools are below uh, both Legault and King's, but I don't think it's such a wide gap that it's ludicrous to think that he might end up as the, the starter on day one. Um, I think for Indiana's offense to hit its ceiling, I think Richard Legault, uh is the guy that, that can get that ceiling up highest. I think that he has the best physical tools out of the three I think his size is a big factor Um, and I I think that his arm strength is is better than the other two as well so if you're looking for a a guy that can make like you say those sideline to sideline throws uh, and make the stretch the field with passes to Cobbs or Ricky Jones like you're looking at Lego as the guy that you'd be most comfortable with but if he does not get up uh, like you said, in between plays to an acceptable level, then I don't think that Kevin Wilson will, or Kevin Johns, will hesitate at all to, to put Danny Cameron in there if that's who they feel most comfortable with. Yeah, and, and and
2: one of the things I've noticed about Danny Cameron, you saw him against Penn State last year, and he's thrown into the mm-hmm. fire. Um, yeah. And I um, you know, he he had a little bit of a hitch throwing the ball, but he threw a good ball. And looking at him this spring, it looks like that hitch is gone. Uh, he's more fluid in his throwing motion. Uh, Wilson has said that he he has the command presence that are missing with those two, uh, with with Austin King and Richard Lego, who understandably just have to to catch up with the with the rest of the pack. So, you know, Danny Cameron is, is you know, if you told me two years ago that Danny Cameron would be in the running for for starting quarterback after Sudfeld left I I I I don't know like I, really, we have a guy who 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 was, you know walk out had a scholarship at the last minute um mm-hmm. and and just came out of nowhere but he he you know I you've said this before TJ he comes from great pedigree with Cam Cameron mm-hmm. uh, who's a great offensive mind uh, you know so being a coach's kid he understands what it takes to be to be good and and he's put in the work um you know and he he looks to, to be getting better now is he perfect does he look is there anybody who looks like Nate Sudfeld out there or you know somebody like that no they they all make bad throws they all make great throws at times um so we'll have to see when you know we we didn't get to see the scrimmage, so we don't know you know we only got to see highlights so we don't know really how they looked against against the rush so it'll be really interesting to see during the spring game how how they all react to pressure with a guy in their face uh so that, that's really what I'm looking to see out of the the quarterback position. I do think that both will probably play um in the regular season uh you know, you know Wilson said you need two or three guys so last year. You know, he he alluded to the fact that Sartfeld was sacked um, the, the fewest amount of, of times in the conference, yet he couldn't get through the season. He missed, you know, a, a game and a half. Uh, so, really, no matter how good this offensive line is, you're still playing in the Big Ten. You're still got – you're playing guys like Ohio State and Michigan where they have these 330-pound linemen bearing down on you, and, and one hit is all it takes. And, you know – sometimes that happens. So it, it'd be good to develop both of these guys uh, going into the season opener. I could see both of them playing, uh, but the old saying is, if you don't have, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Um, so we'll see if they narrow it down to one. I don't think that they're going to uh, name a starter out coming out of, at uh, a spring ball next week. I think this battle will go into the first or second week of fall practice. Uh, but,
1: yeah, let's move agree. on.
2: Oh, well, yeah. Well, one more thing I do want to say about about Austin King. Uh, they did say a couple weeks ago that he was kind of out of the running. I uh, didn't really put in the work in the in in the film room that he needed to. And you know, to his credit, Austin King responded. He's come back and had a great week. I've reasserted himself in that, so that's great to see out of a young guy. Instead of you know moping around, uh, I don't know if he reads our stuff or reads any of it. Uh, but, you know, Wilson said these guys need to be better, and he's taken that to heart, has uh, taken on the challenge, and has really stepped up. So uh, you got to give him credit for that. He's made some outstanding throws as well. Um, again, he's still a, a freshman, and, you know, playing as a freshman, even though a redshirt freshman in the Big Ten is very, very difficult. And, you know, kind of the forgotten guy here is Xander Diamant, who is out for spring. Um and this is my opinion only. I I don't see how he jumps two guys unless he he has a outstanding summer to get back into the quarterback race. You know he was playing the receiver in the bowl practices, which leads me to believe there there is a, a position change coming there, but nothing official from the, from the coaching staff. But T J, um, going back... With well, the real option. quick,
1: real quick. Yeah. I think that another kind of forgotten guy that we were intrigued by heading into the spring and um information coming out on him has been scarce and I I just uh, we know about his athleticism but it's Donovan Hale uh I am I'm, I'm not entirely sure where he's going to end up fitting I know the coaches have talked before about they they want to find ways to get him onto the field um I, I don't know how that's going to play out but he is one more guy to Maybe keep an eye on for the spring games, see if he gets any snaps uh at quarterback or gets any snaps somewhere else. obviously they're not going to give away you know any state secrets when it uh, during a spring game if they're planning some special formations for him or uh, special packages for him they're not going to give that stuff away at the spring game, but it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, how he comes out but I, I do agree with you that. We're not going to know a conclusion to this quarterback battle uh, coming out of the spring, and it probably won't be until, you know, pretty close to the season opener that we know who the starter's going to be. And even that, I doubt it's going to be a definitive thing because, I, like you said, injuries are going to happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, poor play uh, won't be the result of the change, but that's an option as well. But I do think that you're going to see – the the growth rate, like what these guys look like right now uh, is not what they're going to look like come, you know, the beginning of September when, when Indiana kicks off the season. So that's something for people to keep in mind is that all these guys in terms of experience are still relatively young. Um, so you are going to see a, a higher growth rate than uh, than you would otherwise. Yeah. And, and in terms of Donovan Hale, he's a
2: distance, distant fourth um you know i don't think we we saw him take many reps in practice um but he's a guy who could you, you might want to re- redshirt him he played receiver last year a little bit but there's so much depth in this receiver that uh, receiving core that maybe um if you redshirt him get him a year of running a scout team as the quarterback um and get him <laughs> Back into the flow of things and just learning the plays. Maybe he comes back for a redshirt sophomore year, uh, you know, ready to compete for that that position. Now, if somebody gets hurt along the receiver lines, he's good enough to jump in there. He's played there before um, and and make a play. Uh, could he be moved to the secondary? Sure, he has the athletic ability to do that. But I think there's enough depth back there that they could withstand some injuries. Uh, without having to to burn a red shirt on him. Um, Mm TJ, speaking of depth of wide receiver, um, there's also depth of running back, uh, even though we're really not sure what happened uh, with Camion. He's out with an undisclosed knee injury right now, but there are plenty of guys to pick up the slack. You have Devine Redding, um, Devontae Williams, who's had a a monster spring uh, running the ball as well. You see on the highlight tapes, he's making unbelievable moves and cuts and and breaking tackles and all that stuff. Um, He's back at wide receiver after playing corner last year. Um, It looks like Ricky Brookens has moved to the slot this spring just to get used to catching passes. He'll be in the mix. A-Rod looked very, very good um, in practice. So they do have some depth. You have Keontae Ennis coming in um, in the fall as well. So, you know, how – how deep is this running back group?
1: Well, I, yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Keontae Ennis coming in as a freshman. Um, that leaves off, you know, Cole Guest. It leaves off Tyler Nady, uh, who, you know, both of them are kind of different types of backs. And I, I think that's what's intriguing about the incoming freshman class is they do, they do different things. They fill different roles. They have different body types. Um, yes, you have, you know, a multiple – set of running backs coming in but they're definitely not redundant and the same types of player uh just because you're a running back doesn't mean that you're the exact same as every other running back obviously so uh, it's intriguing that those guys are coming in and we don't know who's going to register out of that group i don't think the coaches know that either until they get on campus see them in pads against uh you know against this d1 competition but those are going to be some additional options to reinforce things uh, as it is right now. Um, you know, it's, it's a really, really interesting competition. I think that we had anticipated Camion would be, uh, end up being the number one running back before his injury. Don't know the extent of that. Obviously we send out well wishes to him and we hope uh hope that he ends up being, you know, perfectly fine for the upcoming season. So we'll take him out of the equation for right now. Divine Redding, who I think you feel very good about as either a number one or excellent as a number two. I mean if he's your if he's your guy that's splitting carries, which I think at worst for him that's what it'd be is he'd be getting a split of carries. Um, I think you feel really tremendous about that. And then behind him it's really a complete cluster uh, of guys. Yeah, and, and we forgot Mike, Mike Majette,
2: Majette,
1: TJ. Yeah, Mike maget Devontae Williams. Uh, and for people that don't remember him, he was injured last season, uh, played a little bit in the secondary, as you said, played very sparingly on special teams as a returner. But if you go back and watch his uh, high school highlight films, um, it's very obvious he knows what to do with the ball in his hands, and he's electric with that. I, I am excited to see him as a change of pace guy. Um, I think that he will probably be somebody you'll you'll notice kind of jump off the field at you uh, during the spring game. Uh, he just like you said, and they were just highlights. It's impossible. Maybe his other carries were, you know, loss of yardage, and he looked awful the rest of the time. We've heard that that's not the case, that he, he's had a very good spring, as you said, but uh, during those highlights, when he has the ball, he just looks like he has an extra burst and a little bit of an extra uh, bit of shiftiness that most guys don't have. Kind of that little extra edge that separates him and makes him difficult to keep off the field if you're the coaching staff. So I I, I think that he, right now, is the most intriguing guy to me in this mix, um, Alex Rodriguez proved to be you know capable when he got the ball uh I don't think that the coaches are worried about anything when they hand it off to him. He's not gonna be a big time home run hitter, but he's steady doesn't make mistakes um mike maget i I don't know what to make of that um He looked really good during game action, but then he kind of disappeared and was uh pretty much absent. Um, Over the final part of that season, he was battling an injury. I believe injury played a part. Injury played a part Um, for sure. Um, But he's he's another guy that I thought I thought showed something in the in the passing game that maybe that's an element uh, that he could bring to this team is catching passes out of the backfield and making plays in open space where um, you wouldn't think that Divine Redding. In the past, he hasn't really shown that um, shown that to be a an ability. It's not that he can't catch the ball, but he's more of a traditional running back. Whereas I think Mike Majep might be a guy that you kind of send on screen passes, send on little uh, maybe wheel routes, or um, get him the ball and pitches to the outside. But I I think that it's a diverse set of running backs that, like I said, hopefully Camion Patrick um, is able to not have any lingering effects from whatever the injury is that he can be there for uh, for the season opener and be there for fall practice even. It's, it's a shame we don't get to see him in the spring game because I, I know that uh, I've been looking forward to that for sure um, and everything that we've heard is that he's really, really just a, a tremendous option to have at running back. So I think overall this is a group that yes, Jordan Howard's gone, but I think that this group is going to be as deep as any running back core that Indiana's had uh, in a long time. And I I think that it could be as versatile and as deep of a running back group as there is in the Big
2: Ten. Yeah, and that will bring me to my final point on offense, uh, TJ, is that now we're going to get to see the up-tempo offense at its best. Indiana's brought in players that can play multiple positions yep. in multiple packages, and now when you go up tempo, you're not going to have to substitute, and that defense is really going to get gassed. And Good it, it's something to watch for. Um, like you said, you, you know, your guy Tyler uh, Nate is coming in; he could play tight end, he could play running back. Jordan Fuchs could play tight end, he could play wide receiver. Um, you have uh, Majet Brookins. Uh, Devontae Williams, who could all play running back and wide receiver. And you start using these guys, these flexible guys, um, position-wise, and now you don't have to substitute. And now, you know, you all go back to those Pac-12 games where guys are diving all over the field against Oregon, faking injuries and, you know, basically getting a free timeout. This is what IU's offense is going to be now. They're going to use multiple packages. You, Wilson even alluded to using two-back sets. I don't think we've seen a two-back set. Well, they, they used it last year with Latham at, at fullback. But now, yeah. you know, the T could be in at fullback. You could bring Brandon Knight into tight end, move him to tight end, bring somebody else in at tackle and use a heavy package, stuff like that. Danny Friend is, is a guy who could block well and, and be used in the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. There are just so many options on offense where, you know, the quarterback now doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be great just has to be good, you know, good enough, and, and get the ball to these playmakers. Um, but TJ, I do want to spend some time on defense. Uh, we do have about eight, eight and a half minutes left. The defense, Tom Allen uh, has brought a new energy to this, and I, it also comes from, from Keith Kate, uh, Katon as well, the strength and conditioning coach, where it is, it's unbelievable. You have to go and watch practice. This is one of the reasons to come to the spring game, is just because of the the energy that, that Coach Allen, Coach Hagan, and Coach Caton bring every day. Um, you know, we were at practice one day, and, and Coach Allen uh, caught a tip ball and ran it into the end zone, and all the players jumped on him on defense and all that stuff. And, and when you see a defender get a, get a takeaway, uh, not a turnover, takeaway um, – you know, you see him him getting their face in a good way, congratulating them, getting everybody hyped, and, and that's something that this defense needs. He talked about yesterday about being vocal and being confident in w- in what you do, and I think we're beginning to see that on defense. They're more vocal, they're fired up. Uh, one guy who, you know, we saw early in the in, in the spring, kind of be an instigator on defense is Jamie Thompson. Every play he was in an offensive player's face. Whether they caught the ball, dropped the ball, he knocked it away, he would be ripping at it and, and right in that offense. And, and I think the best thing you could be on defense is a pain in the ass. And uh, that's what Jamie Thompson is. He's going to really annoy offensive players the way he plays. Uh, we've seen Jonathan Crawford um, is is back. He's their best playmaker in the secondary um, in terms of, of getting takeaways, getting interceptions and stuff like that. I think physically he's now adjusted to the college game um, from last year. Uh, you know, we'll see Richard Fant is back there. Tyler Green was some guy, somebody that uh, Brandon Shelby mentioned yesterday. Has really come on. Um, and he gives the Hoosiers a, a bigger body, a corner where – Richard Fant is very, very good, but he's kind of undersized. Now you could kind of match up your corners where if there's a bigger guy that that Fant has trouble guarding, you could put Tyler Green on him, try to lock him up a little bit, and get better matchups for your secondary. You know, the, the, the linebacker core is very deep. You have Marcus Oliver back. Tigre Scales is back. Uh, TJ Simmons is back. Um, guys like that, Clyde Newton, uh, and now you're you need that defensive line to develop and gel with uh, Ralph Green, uh, Nate Hoff up front. You're going to have Jacob Robinson and some of these young guys, and then see how Greg Gooch and Niall Sykes uh, transition to that that bull position. What
1: what have been your your takeaways thus far on, on defense,
2: TJ? Well,
1: I think the first thing that you mentioned is is Tom Allen, and I think it's hard to underestimate how much better I feel about the defense than I have before just because when I listen to Tom Allen, when I hear the people uh that have had interactions with him and that's you, that's other IU reporters, that's just general media members, it's players, um, they all come away and it's not just at IU, it's it's with other places too. Um they all come away very impressed by Tom Allen, and then results come. Um, I, I I think that this is going to turn out to be um, about as good a hire as Kevin Wilson could have made this offseason. Um, I, I, yeah, and then Mark and... Hagan, I, I could say the same things for Mark Hagan. He's had success. Results have come everywhere that he's gone as well. I just – I really, really am impressed by what he's able to bring – I do think that it will take a bit of time to adjust to the new formation. That's expected. Um, A couple of things that jump off just from what you mentioned there, and I'll I'll add one thing in there. Jemarez Brown, um, and if I mispronounce that first name, I apologize, but um, he's a guy that has switched from offensive line to defensive tackle. Uh, We had a good article up on him from, uh, from Alex Compton, did a very nice job. Uh, talking about the, number one, the the progress that Brown has made and the, the potential that he does have uh, with the second part of it as well, potential that he has once he totally figures out uh, kind of what he's doing on defense. It, it seems like he can be a difference maker, which they need a defensive tackle. They need some more bodies there to to step up if he could be uh, another guy that can plug up the middle along with uh, with Grain and, and Hoff, that'd be huge. Uh, I do think that it's very interesting that Ben Bach has kind of stood out as a guy that the coaches really like. I thought that he did a nice job last year in the time that he did get on the field. It seems like the new
2: Husky position. They basically said, that was made for him. That's what they've said this is a position that's made for Ben Bach, uh, which is good to yeah, that's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. TJ, one thing, I, I had a, a Twitter follower uh, tweet me, wanted to know about defensive back tackling. Uh, one of the things that Tom Allen has preached every day is, is play with a fanatical effort, be the best tackling team in America, and, and get takeaways. And that's something you see. They work on tackling every single day, um, it looks like. At least every day that we've been there. Now there's some defensive backs who have been nicked up coming off of surgeries from last year who haven't been hundred percent cleared for contact that yep. they'll they'll stay upright. But one of the things you have to balance in practice, and practice and you saw it with the Ivy League this year is or you know, talking about I, I don't know if they officially banned tackling, but at least talking about it is how How much tackling do you actually want to do in practice? you know you don't do you go full go and and risk getting guys hurt um and but you you see that the technique is a little bit better guys are in in better position um now it, it is you're going against your own uh and maybe that'll change in the spring game but you know if, if you see Simi Cobb or Mitchell page coming across the middle and and you have a. You know, a kill shot, so to speak, to do it. Do you take that as a defender on your own team? Probably not. So, but I, I think the tackling it looks more fundamentally fundamentally sound, um, and, and we'll see how much tackling they do in the spring game. A lot of times in practice, they'll wrap up and not take to the ground just to to keep guys, you know, from, from getting those you know, those contact injuries. So. Right. That's to to answer his question. Tackling does look better. They practice on it. They've made it an emphasis, and and it's something that they're working on.
1: Yeah, I I think in my my final point on the defense, and we'll we will get much much more in depth on each of these things as we as we go forward here in the off season. Uh, but Tyler Green and his kind of I won't say a rival, but uh, him coming on, and I. I I hope having a breakthrough season in in 2016, uh, that's so important for this defense. They've got to find a second corner that can be reliable. They need more than two, but, uh, you know, finding a guy that can be a good matchup for the bigger receivers that IU goes against, you know, the Michigan game sticks out. Uh, Darbo and Chesson just did whatever they wanted to against IU, Darbo, especially, um, and they're, they're bigger receivers. IU needs to have a bigger corner, a bigger defensive back that they can rely on, the bigger uh, receivers that they go up against. And fans just cannot be that guy. His size will not allow that. Um, so it, it's crucial that Tyler Green steps up and becomes that. And I, I do think that it's very encouraging that so far it appears that's the case. And I think Jamie Thompson is going to have a big impact on this defense as well from a play standpoint and also just from an attitude standpoint. So a lot to like so far. Um, You can't go too far if it's just spring practice, but uh, I do think that there are a lot of positive signs um, pointing towards the defense at the very least trending up uh, and trying to take that step from poor to adequate, which would do wonders for the program as a whole. So, um, you know, we'll talk again before the spring game, but, uh, yeah, hopefully this did some, did some good to keep excited and get them, uh, get them geared up for spring game week.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely have a, uh, a podcast before the spring game, probably that Thursday. The spring game, again, is Friday, April 15th at 7 o'clock. Um, weather right now looks good. Um, it might get chilly uh, once the sun goes down. Uh, but right now I think the sun goes down at 8.30 or so. Um, but, you know, come out, watch the spring game, form your own opinions. Um, I know we get to see practice, but, but the best thing I can tell you is from watching practice, form your own opinions, you know, pick out, we could tell you what to watch for and all that stuff. Do some research yourself. It, it, it's the best way to do it. You know, watch for yourself, see what, what you take away from it. Um, feel free to, free to tweet at us, have conversations. We love it. Um, and check back we have content daily uh we're gonna do our our hundred play uh hundred day player countdown again uh starting sometime at the end of may i uh, i I'm very excited that they moved up the opener to thursday that's two two less days of um without college football and um you know so enjoy the enjoy the spring game save some questions if you want to send them to us uh for that that spring game preview um preview podcast, send them to at Hoosier underscore huddle on Twitter or the, uh, who's your huddle at gmail.com via email. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us. It's, it's awesome to be back talking football again,
1: and, and we'll have to do this more often. Absolutely. Yep. I will, I will be here. We got baby number two here and things are getting back to a, a new normal for us. So definitely happy to be back.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Uh, Again, please follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, We also have a Facebook page uh, under Hoosier huddle. Give that a like as well. Um, I want to thank all the fans for their support this offseason. It's been tremendous. Uh, Don't be afraid to to give us a tweet, and and we'll tweet back. Thank you, and, and we'll see you on Thursday.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.